0: Welcome to Business in 15. Welcome to this special podcast on uh, environment, uh, with specifically focusing on wetlands. And uh, today I'm hosting Mr. Rirega uh, Kankwasa, who is the ED of National Environment Management Authority in Uganda. How are you, ED? I'm
1: very well, thank you. You are most welcome to NEMA.
0: And thank you for sparing some time uh, to talk to us. Pleasure All right, uh, jumping right into um, our conversation today, and probably I want us to start uh, with the situation at hand. This is a conversation that is ongoing globally. Uh, we are with ha- having the last meeting on uh, climate change happening in Egypt, where the world leaders met and were discussing uh, the way forward. This meeting was actually dubbed COP27. Just quickly tell us, what do you think are the wins uh, from this conference?
1: Uh, this climate summit almost became a flop as you could have been following because the world ambition was so high and uh, the world is disappointed that COP27 did not shoot beyond COP26. COP26 was very ambitious so we expected COP27 to be much more ambitious uh, but uh, it did not become so largely because of the factors of energy uh, uh, issues largely influenced by uh, Ukraine-Russia conflict and also uh, COVID. Uh, The quick wins I could say is a consensus to begin discussions on liability for loss and damage. At least a mechanism of creating a fund was agreed upon at the last minute and uh, to me that's a big win. Uh, there was also renewed commitment um, uh, to make pledges for supporting uh, uh, climate vulnerable uh, uh, countries. And uh, several commitments were made, much as these commitments have not been uh, honoured in the past. Uh, it, it's a good thing to see people's renewed commitment. Who knows, this time uh, the pledges may be honoured. Uh, There were discussions on uh, adaptation, uh, adaptation uh, action plans. And so uh, I could say the biggest win, in my view, is beginning the journey uh, towards realizing liability for loss and damage. Uh, The rest, not much was achieved. So I could say we could have done better as a
0: planet. Do you think African leaders are, are now committed uh, to follow that. Given that most actually of them, or most of the African countries today are just realizing some of their minerals, uh, Mozambique just had their first export of fossil, uh, fossil fuels uh, to Europe and many others. Um, do you think the timing is, is it, does, it, does it make sense for African leaders now?
1: African leaders were not the problem. African leaders, in fact, went to fight for climate justice Mm -hmm. because they are the aggrieved. Africa contributes only up to 3% of global greenhouse gas emissions, and yet it receives the highest burden in terms of disasters. Uh, So Africa is uh, not the problem. So the African leaders are not the problem. The problem are the biggest polluters, the big ones, as you know, uh, U.S., uh, Russia, China, China, India, India, uh, European Union. Those are the biggest polluters. They account for uh, the other 90% or so. Africa combined is 3% uh, contribution. So we, we, we we are there to demand for climate justice. And that's why I was saying I am happy that the discussion about liability for loss and damage, which is part of the climate justice, uh, is taking shape. We haven't reached there at all, much as the mechanism for a fund was agreed. In my view, this is nothing to celebrate. It's just the beginning of the discussion. Who puts the money in the fund? What conditions follow the money? Are they grants? Are they loans? Are they concessional loans? How do we uh, measure um, how much one contributes is it the proportion of the emissions they put uh, in, the, in, the, in the atmosphere? And when do we start counting? Is this emissions uh, of post-industrial revolution or emissions after the industrial revolution? These are the hard uh, discussions that we must have. And we hope that COP28 in United Arab Emirates will be able to answer these hard questions. So Africa remains united. I am happy Africa was united. They spoke with one voice, and Africa remains united. One, to demand for climate justice in two ways. One, the right to develop sustainably without interference, and two, being assisted for climate impacts that we are facing, which we did not contribute to. So that's the position of Africa.
0: Still talking about issues of climate. Now, I want us to come back here in Uganda because, uh, I mean, we, we, we in one way or the other, we've, we're contributing to uh, you know, climate change issues or impacts um, of climate change.
1: 0.1% as a country.
0: We shall look, let's look now at that 0.1%. And one of them is the, um, uh, the wetlands. I mean, this is a huge conversation. Uh, we've seen police trying to intervene, evicting people out of wetlands. Um, some of them have actually dried. Um, but to a layman, first of all, to a layman who is listening to this podcast right now, what is a wetland to them, or, or to what is a wetland by the definition of NEMA?
1: Um, wetland defining wetland is very simple. A wetland is that place which is permanent or seasonally flooded with water and where plants and animals have become adapted uh, to that kind of environment that's simply a wetland it's a place that either is permanently or seasonally flooded with water and because of that seasonal or permanent flooding life has evolved on that land life in terms of plants or animals so we have plants which are adapted to water, like papyrus. You've heard about papyrus, what we call a uh, bitogo swamps. We have uh, sage grass, like you can see in our backyard. All those are plants adapted to wetlands. There are also animals adapted to wetlands, as you know, frogs, fish, crocodiles. Uh, all those things are adapted to wetlands. They cannot live without wetlands. Birds like the grey crowned crane, our national bird, it's a wetland uh, uh, bird. It cannot exist without wetlands because that's where they call home. It is the habitat for that bird and several other uh, water birds, including migratory birds that move from Europe to Africa and Asia. Did you know that birds migrate from Europe, Asia, uh, uh, via Africa and they go back in a cyclical manner? All of these birds, as they migrate throughout the journey, they need resting points. They need places to breed. They need places to eat. And so that's why wetlands become very, very important. So basically, that's the definition of wetland. It's land that is seasonally or permanently flooded with, uh, by water. And because of that situation, animals and plants have adapted to that environment.
0: You, you are in charge of Neymar. Um, and, and, If I I put a microscope to that, you're in charge of of the environment. What is your role in managing these wetlands?
1: NEMA is not directly in charge of management of wetlands, but of course uh, it has a collective responsibility or collective role as overall regulator of environment activities. NEMA is responsible for four main functions. We are regulators of all environment activities, be it forestry, be it wildlife, be it water, be it wetlands, be it air, be it land, uh, be it waste, be it uh, agriculture. Name it Beirut and natural environment. NEMA is responsible for regulating that sector. And two, we monitor the environment and report to the public. And three, we supervise all the players Uh, players in wetlands, players in forestry, players in wildlife, players in water resources, players in air management. So we supervise all the other players. Uh, uh, We work with agencies called lead agencies. For each segment of environment, there is a lead agency. So for wetlands, the lead agency for day-to-day management is the Department of Wetland Management in the Ministry of Water and Environment. For the wildlife, you know, we have Uganda Wildlife Authority. For forestry, we have National Forestry Authority. For water resources, we have Directorate of Water Resources Management, again, under the Ministry of Water and Environment. So, NEMA's role is to oversee, to supervise, to make sure that these agencies are doing their work. So, in as far as wetlands are concerned, we oversee, we supervise, and we regulate activities uh, that can take place in wetlands, in liaison with the lead agency for wetlands management, which is the Ministry of Water and Environment under the Department of uh, Wetland Management.
0: When you speak of supervising uh, these wetlands, um, I'm sure you have uh, a report on how, you know, kind of infrastructure, or how people have actually encroached on these wetlands. Uh, Give us a status on our wetlands as of now? Our wetlands
1: are not doing um, very well, as you know, um, because of very many uh, factors. Our wetland cover has been on the decline um, for a very long time. We have lost... um, Uh, our wetland cover almost uh, at uh, at around uh, because our wetlands were 15.5% of our land surface in 1994 15.5% that cover has been lost to now only 8.9% of intact wetlands but uh, if you include um, the degraded wetlands, we go up to around um, uh, 11 to 12% of our land surface. So we have actually been losing uh, our wetlands. If nothing is done, you can be sure that in the next 50 years we shall not have a wetland. Maybe we shall, if we are lucky, we shall have water-based wetlands, permanently flooded water bodies. But these swamps, uh, seasonal wetlands, will all disappear, and the consequences are dire. So we are not doing very well because of uh, encroachment, because of competing land use, because of increasing population, because of unplanned industrialization, because of unplanned uh, urban uh, uh, expansion and settlement, that's why we are losing our wetland cover. And uh, the consequences are already visible. You've seen uh, significant flooding of our urban areas because largely our urban wetlands have been encroached and degraded. And so water has nowhere to go. And the water ends up uh, uh, flooding the cities and other urban areas. And that's not enough. The water that we are paving, everyone is paving. When you backfill a wetland and pave, you are just passing the water. Instead of water being stationed in the wetland and then it filtrates down into the soil to recharge the groundwater system or evaporates into the atmosphere to eventually become rain and still uh, recharge the water uh, 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 resources system. We have paved now wetlands. So, all the water runoff, the rain water runoff, the water from the roofs is going directly into lakes, rivers, with high levels of pollution. And the consequences is that our water is becoming highly polluted, our fisheries resources is becoming affected, and so eventually the human health uh, will be affected. So, we must halt the decline of our wetlands we must say enough is enough let us at least protect what there is still remaining if we can protect uh, 11% and we even grow it to say 13% by 2030 we would have done uh, great justice to this nation business in 15